0: This coming Friday on the 22nd I will be at the Pasadena comedy for a show that's from 9:30 p.m. till 10 30 p.m. so I will be in Pasadena you can catch me there met up with a friend of mine she was visiting from Berlin well actually she's visiting from London she and I we met in Berlin but she is British and she moved to London to do stand-up and she has an agent now and she's doing a lot of shows and she seems to be doing well but she's also complaining about how lonely she is in london and it's like yeah i mean that's what you get with any urban city you move to a city and you're gonna be lonely (laughs) it's like inevitable that's why people you know meet a partner and get married and settle down and have children is because they're so fucking lonely living by themselves in an urban society like fucking bitch come on you should know I think what I'm going to do is release a whole episode on Patreon that covers solely Korean comedy. So it's going to be like a very exclusive Patreon episode for people who want to know about Korean stand-up comedy korean comedy tv shows and it's a whole discussion about that so i have this talk with walter Hong, who is also a stand-up comedian he's korean-american but he's done stand-up in in korea and he's of course a comedian here in the states but he and i have a deep discussion about stand-up comedy and what direction korea is headed with that because right now there are several comedy shows on netflix and nobody seems to be talking about it. So I wanna release a special episode about that exclusively on Patreon. So if you're not currently, uh, if you're currently not supporting me on Patreon, there's a good reason for you to do so, okay? And uh, I wrote my whole entire doctoral dissertation on Korean comedy. So if you wanna learn up or bone up on Korean comedy history, that's the episode for you to listen to. If you're interested in Korean comedy and Korean stand-up that's the episode for you to listen to so that will be exclusively on patreon for you guys to access sometime in the next week there you go and uh, for those of you who did sign up to become my patreon sponsors thank you so much your sponsorship is helping me pay some of my monthly bills so thank you so much and for the rest of you what are you doing what are you doing huh why aren't you why aren't you like these people huh why why are you not generous like these people huh what are you doing so the show I'm going to talk about today is called Fashion King. It's a 2012 Korean drama from SBS. It stars In, Shin Se-kyung, Lee Jae-hoon, and Kwon Yuri. And for those of you who are K-pop fans, you all know who Kwon Yuri is. She is from Girls' Generation, right? That's kind of a throwback. It's weird that that's a throwback and yet it is. Uh, this show was written by Yi Seon-mi and Kim Ki-ho, and Kim Ki-ho, if you guys remember, he co-wrote the show What Happened in Pali, which was an immensely popular drama back in 2004, and this show, Fashion King, has a similar structure to that show. It's about two poor people versus two wealthier people in a love square dynamic and that's what fuels the drama right? and what this show does is it covers the Dongdaemun fashion industry for those of you who don't know Dongdaemun is uh it's it's in Seoul it's the Korean fashion district known for selling a lot of designer brand knockoffs like that's what it's historically somewhat known for uh, a lot of seamstresses there are you know very very talented um they're like amazing at what they do, but they're really good at copying. Okay, so lately, Dongdaemun, when I last went there, uh, back in late 2018, early 2019, Dongdaemun's gotten a little bit more legitimate, I would say. Like, it's not what it used to be. It doesn't really have like a market feel anymore, because that's what it used to be. It used to feel like a market. But now the layouts of the shops are similar to a department store vibe. Okay, and things now have a price tag on them. so. They cost a lot more and you can't haggle down prices like we used to be able to back 15 20 30 years ago and this show fashion king explores the whole knockoff culture in korea koreans are very good at duplicating luxury brand items and selling them on they sell them for a much cheaper price to the mainstream public who can't afford luxury brands right i remember an episode from fresh prince of bel-air a bunch of years ago when i was a kid there was a guest character who was hustling fake korean gucci bags in one episode right and again it was like korea is equal to knockoffs and fake stuff okay because korea was just great at copying things that they can sell and that's sort of this survival mode that that poorer nations have right it's like oh, i gotta survive so what sells oh that stuff sells let me copy it and sell exactly that okay so that's how a lot of nations that are in development that's how they survive, they they just emulate what they see and then they just do, right? Like South Korean television, it emulated Japanese TV shows and then look at where they are now, right? I mean, they have more originality and creativity today, but back in the day when they just started out and they didn't have a lot of content, they used to copy a lot of Japanese TV shows. There's a whole nother side to this show where the fashion world is not just Dongdaemun, but there's the more luxurious, uh, more upscale aspect to Korean fashion design, right? So you have this character who is part of corporate fashion and he hires a designer and he wants to make domestic brands stand out or compete uh, in the New York market. And he ultimately fails. It doesn't go anywhere, right? So the wealthier characters on this show are trying to get Korean brands into the international fashion market and compete alongside designers from places like New York. So this show has a lot of fetishizing of America and New York for legitimacy purposes uh, from a South Korean standpoint. Now, if you compare this show Fashion King to a show like Now We Are Breaking Up, which came out almost 10 years after Fashion King, that show places Korea alongside, you know, Parisian designers saying that Korea's domestic brands can compete alongside paris and new york and potentially a south korean woman can become a parisian designer right like they're they're kind of pushing for that kind of vision so there's a leveling up that's taking place whereas fashion king back in 2012 when the show came out uses america and new york as a credit to gain legitimacy in their domestic markets right so i see this interesting evolution in terms of korea's self-perception that's shifting greatly in the last decade And it's evident in how narratives are being written in korean dramas fashion king did very poorly in terms of ratings when it came out because people had very high expectations uh considering the waves that what happened in bali made but this kind of storytelling does not age well what happened in bali it it doesn't age well that show is and it's, it's an atrocity from a feminist standpoint, right? And Fashion King is the exact same way. The female characters on both shows are way too passive. Okay, Shin se in Fashion King, like her character Kaeyong has such a pushover vibe. It's like it's, it's unbearable to watch. And Yoo ain's character, young he's a complete and utter fiend. He's a nightmare. He lacks morals. He's like pure and utter chaos. Okay. So it was really hard to endure watching this at times, but I have a soft spot when it comes to Fashion King because it's one of these rare Korean dramas that shot some scenes in New York. And I'm just, you know, I'm a sucker for that. I am a sucker for that. It was a nice thing to see today's guest is zach stein he is an la-based comedian originally from michigan he's very funny and we have a great talk and he's a good guy let's talk to zach stein you got the old school headphones
1: yeah fuck airpods no i've just lost two pairs of airpods <laughs> it
0: is in a way kind of the worst invention airpods
1: because i mean the, the worst fucking invention is uh I don't know if you guys are if you're PG but the worst invention is um, the new headphone like the headphones with the plug that's the same as the charge in the iPhone so then it's like those I know I go on and and even same with the airpods you go on an airplane like you can't plug them in anywhere because they still have all the old jacks and it's like I, I have no other reason to have those I want to watch movies on a six hour flight.
0: I know it's fucking stupid. I carry three different types of headphones with me whenever I go on a flight it's come down uh, to that wow yeah <laughs> uh, it's just come down to that and uh you know i've apple does it deliberately because oh 100 percent. yeah and it's just
1: yeah it costs, just like well, how they make make ahead. uh sorry just like how they make android users pariahs and group text messages like you can that's totally on purpose <laughs> like, you don't have an Android, right? No, you have an no, iPhone. No, no, I would never. Yeah, I can't. <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't handle the ostracization. I'm not like that strong of a person. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I yeah. have to have an iPhone.
0: I know. It, it's like we're addicted to it. Our, our social, uh, you know, qualifications rely on them. We depend on them for stupid fucking ego reasons, and it's mm-hmm. a complete and utter waste. It's a waste, right?
1: Yes life is good
0: so okay so wait you're you're you do commercials like as an actor is that your thing
1: not my thing but i did it i did one commercial and then i thought it was it was like it was perfect for a comic like it was like they're like we've had too many people who are on and being actory we want you to just be yourself and just talk about yeah uh, these top we'll ask you a question we just want you to kind of talk about a topic for a minute or whatever oh
0: that's so fun yeah. yeah, and it was like
1: I was just being myself, and uh, it was like I but it was I, you know, I say some wild shit. I was like, it was the director was Michael Mills of the commercial who like uh-huh. made 21st Century Woman. I didn't uh-huh. know it before, but yeah. I was just crushing with him the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> and then, yeah. Uh, at the end, I'm like, yeah, good luck using any of this in a commercial, and or, and uh, and they all laughed, and then yeah. I'm like, all right, I'm not gonna make it into the commercial <laughs> for sure, but at least it was a good time. Yeah, and then they had hit me up and they're like oh we're going to use you in the commercial we want to pay you to do a reddit ama yeah and we're going to not pay you to go and do a bunch of uh maybe this is a maybe but to do like uh tv spots or something and and like yeah reg- interviews like in concurrence with the ad which uh i don't know it's it's pretty fun i like it
0: yeah so yeah. your career is starting to blow starting to take off Yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're, speaking to, we're speaking to you as you are launching into the world of television.
1: Yeah. This I is where... someone... Yeah. Ahead. Oh, just I. I feel like yeah, you could get the humor and me being the the face of men's grooming like I'm one of the most unkempt people you've got I think you got yeah yeah you made me laugh commenting on my filthy glasses which I can't for the wife of me figure out how to keep clean yeah
0: yeah it's disgusting it's like just layers <laughs> of <know>. gunk <laughs> it's, it's astounding I'm like you dropped it in a deep fryer it's like yeah. it's too much that's excellent to me it's a-
1: yeah. Hmm. To me, it's astounding. Anyone can keep them clean, but I know I'm the weird one. On yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, if you wear them every day, then it's bound to just get dirty. I think just the trick yeah. is to clean them all the time, like constantly, you know, like, do you ever run them under hot water and then wipe them down? See no, that's that's... Something, that's something that'll get the gunk off.
1: <laughs> a good. Uh, my dad really let me down, you know. <laughs> Didn't teach me these things.
0: I know so. all the men with father figures come to me for life advice, and, and <laughs> it's okay. I- I'm fine with that. Uh, good. So okay, so you're then you do uh do commercials. Then you do audition for commercials mm-hmm. and shit. Like you go out for that. Yeah. Wow. And have you? Is this your first commercial that you booked, or have you booked other ones before?
1: This is my first commercial I've booked. I've booked like weird little like, I booked like um, a YouTube video that was like um, me and a like Arab guy reading mean. Uh, he was reading mean YouTube comments. I was reading mean YouTube comments about Jewish people. And he was uh-huh. reading mean YouTube comments about Arabs and we were together and we were just laughing at him and stuff. It was like, <laughs> you know, like I had a wholesome message and everything, or uh-huh. yeah, I think was the idea. But yeah. um, yeah, that and that guy like that was funny because I completely forgot about it. Then I saw it five years later and I had like four million views, and they're oh, like, Jewish wow. the Jewish guy, the Jewish guy <laughs> rocked. And I'm like, God <laughs> damn. If I was only smart, I probably could have turned this into new fans. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay that was for a youtube
1: commercial a you just a youtube video they make like um they, oh. they've had a few comics on i forget what it's called but I like see. one of them yeah it was like speed dating a comic and it was wow. like everyone dated him for 30 seconds or something and then she picked a guy so
0: it's like a variety show like web series kind of thing on youtube yeah
1: yeah with uh i think kind of with the let's see the good and humanity type of angle uh-huh which which i say fuck that <laughs> 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 okay, that's great.
0: Well, congratulations on booking this commercial and thank you. Uh for for razor blades. I mean, that's that's a pretty good one. And I'm a big fan of that uh director. Um he's married yeah. to another director. I'm very very fond of Miranda July. Yeah. Do you know this?
1: I'm not familiar with her. I I did see his movie Thumb Sucker when I was young and I liked that.
0: Thumb Sucker. I don't know that one. Um yeah, if he did 20th, 20th century women, he also did like uh what was it? Beginners. He I think he was nominated for an Oscar for that, where his father comes out as gay at like age 70 or something. Oh you know, wow. You know nothing about them. You nah. know nothing about their prestige. <laughs> yeah. Nah. His wife, Miranda <laughs> July, like she went to like Sundance with all her films. She like, I think one of her films won uh like an award at, at Cannes, like a bunch of years ago. Um yeah fucking read up on your people man like you should <laughs> know something about them
1: yeah that's a good call that's um, great yeah yeah uh
0: okay well did you study media in school like what did you study in school
1: uh no I was going to school with uh the plans of being a lawyer but I, that never really connected that much with me I, I like the law and I've worked in law as like small jobs and stuff but yeah. uh I I really wanted to do stand up and I knew I did. So I kind of just blew off college and partied for as long as I could. And then when the jig was up and Michigan state told me to get the fuck out, I, um, that has like, I'm going to do, now I'll do stand up.
0: So you started (laughs) over in Michigan.
1: Yeah. Over in Michigan, which, uh, you know, I didn't even know how to start really. It seemed like uh, just a thing that happened out here in Los Angeles and everything. Um, but my brother had a friend who did it, um, who was like a guitar comic and he was on and off. He is a lawyer actually, but uh, he told me about first open mic. I thought I'd like do a set and then like in a few months I'd get like a late night spot or something so they, you know, they could see if I'm any good. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eight, nine years later, still no late night spot, but <laughs> so yeah, I really in- just didn't. How get,
0: long have you yeah. been in LA?
1: Uh, five years.
0: Okay. And you've just about- been you've just been doing standup in LA and just doing commercials and that's it.
1: No, I mean, I worked at, I managed, uh, I managed a really nice hair salon in Santa Monica. I, oh, shit. um, yeah, worked at a couple others. Uh, and, um, I was, I also worked cause uh, my family owns hair salons in like Michigan and Florida. So I had a good uh, resume due to that.
0: Oh. And then,
1: um, uh, yeah. And then, just a few jobs in the hair world. I worked at the uh, Vidal Sassoon Academy, just in an office. It was my only office job, and I hated it. Even really? though it was the the least obviously office job of all time.
0: Yeah, I think all office jobs are kind of the worst. Okay. And right now, you just sit around waiting for auditions at home, and then do stand <laughs> up at night.
1: Um. Yeah, I do. Also, I work for a couple lawyers right now, kind of doing odd jobs. Uh as needed like a independent contractor type of it's like just assistant stuff but like just kind of random things where it's just uh, we need someone to get this done and it doesn't fit into a particular job title. makes it sound like uh, way cooler than it is and like uh, i did do some like private eye type stuff for them which was cool it was all real simple but it would uh, like uh i think it falls under the category of corporate espionage which sounds badass
0: yeah that does sound what does that entail
1: it was just like going to stores and secretly taking pictures and stuff uh, to um, because basically because uh, one of their com- I, I can't get too much into the details of that but um, just get just getting some information while looking inconspicuous I would just you know go and looking like a schlub and just pretend I'm like looking at my phone it was really easy going in there looking like a schlub is probably the easiest thing for you to do oh I mean- yeah I'm re- <laughs> no one thinks this guy's a private eye
0: <laughs> okay fuck all right so you wanted to be an attorney initially that's interesting did you it have was a- the th-
1: yeah uh-huh. it was the thing that made the most sense to me my dad was one i i i liked the world i liked uh the idea of practicing law and kind of the problem-solving aspects of it like the riddle like kind of aspects of uh it but i my heart was never really in it because i was so in love with stand-up comedy
0: and you were just in love with stand-up comedy because you were fans you were a fan of it
1: yeah i don't it just really connected with me at a young age i would listen to like my favorite comedy albums like every night uh Which... to, like three in the morning who are your favorite comics Uh, First one ever was Chris Rock, Bigger and Blacker, because when I was in elementary school, No Sex in the Champagne Room was on Total Request Live in the top ten for, like, um, two months. And so, like, all these, uh, like... uh, like just all these kids all these elementary school kids were just like quoting like uh if a girl has a tongue ring she'll probably suck your dick like in my elementary school and
0: stuff and then
1: i got i got my parents to get me the album and i would just listen to it every single night uh then yeah and i I loved it it was so funny and then um sarah silver i got into the roasts and then sarah silverman and like anthony jeselnik out of that were like two of my favorite comics and i would watch all their uh all their stuff and um i would just watch all the random half hours on comedy central until they started playing infomercials and shit i don't know <laughs> yeah
0: i yeah. love sarah silverman okay so it was She's... silverman jessel nick chris rock those are your yeah. guys huh
1: yeah jim jeffries after uh when in like 2008 when like um i swear to guy came out and then mm-hmm. chappelle was always amazing cat williams and then norm mcdonald became my favorite in the la- at once i like after four years of being a comic, I really mm. fell in love with Norm MacDonald. Yeah, yeah all
0: right. he's he's one of my favorites, too. He has just an epic sense of timing. and oh, um,
1: Yeah, and mischief, I feel and, like. And,
0: like. And he's weird. I love how mm-hmm. weird he is. He's such a peculiar type of weird, specific to him, and that's what makes him such an amazing comedian. Because we all have that quirky way of thinking. It's just we're so ashamed of it or self-conscious of it that we go and filter that shit out but he just is like no this is how it is yeah it's sheer
1: confidence totally i mean his weekend update thing was like so where it was just so curt and everything but he just was always just that confidence yeah no he he's cool yeah i yeah. I, I like yeah i like a, i like a person who just seems to like know they're funny and just feel confident and just be like uh, i don't know feel confident enough in that where uh sometimes they can do i don't know just get, <laughs> shit that would be terrifying to uh you know most comics newer comics like i just well, uh, even though i've been doing it for like nine years but like yeah. god you know you do it for 30 years i think your n- nerves just get completely calloused and you're fe- fearless if well, you keep doing it well
0: he actually said that he still gets super nervous before stage time
1: wow yeah
0: <laughs> and that's actually many comics like uh, I was yeah. doing a cold open on Saturday at the improv, and I saw Bobby Lee, who is in the lineup outside, pacing around, like, yeah, like going like this, like just fucking having a meltdown. And it's Bobby Lee. <laughs> He's been I know doing his, it for three decades. His, he, bring, he brings down the house every single time.
1: Dude, he's one of my favorites to watch this is so good it's it's so funny it's so um, funny
0: it's so smooth it's so tight and yet he yeah. is having a fucking meltdown every time he goes yeah before he goes up on stage so for some it just doesn't go away
1: well i, I don't think you ever stop getting like the uh feeling but you just yeah. don't it, you just don't let it impact your stage performance exactly. like that's where the nerves are just like exactly the, we, we we gotta do this thing we yeah. know how it goes yeah, yeah. yeah
0: the moment you get up on stage that stops
1: and yeah. you're you're cool yeah which i don't have yet sometimes i fucking crowd doesn't laugh and i'm like well that wasn't how it was supposed to go and <laughs> I, I i forgot to have a backup plan <laughs> no I, so think, usually, yeah.
0: I think you do fine on stage um oh thank you you yeah. too oh thanks um, i i never yeah. see you Like, you never seem nervous to me when you're on stage. You just still seem like yourself and you seem to have it together. And yeah. That's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I don't sense any of that.
1: Hell yeah. Keep it in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Do you get nervous? I don't get nervous. I get like adrenaline. So I just feel that. Like, when I first started, I used to feel like, so anxious that my left arm used to go numb Ooh, but heart attack stuff it's hardest yeah it was bad <laughs> but now um no it's just pure adrenaline and that's it and yeah i'm fine
1: that's but um, do does it ever get like especially with you know kind of how open mics can be with a lot of does it have, do you ever get no adrenaline like does it ever get so mundane to you that there's no adrenaline or is it always exciting to get on stage
0: It's always a tiny bit exciting. I don't think there's ever been a time when it's like, this is complete and utter shit and fuck these people. Like, I don't think I've ever gone up on stage with that. Like, there's always a tinge of something. There are definitely some rooms where I feel a lot more comfortable in. Mm -hmm. And in that kind of space and arena, I feel free to play around more. So I'll just do that because it feels like a home base. But uh yeah I guess the degree of adrenaline varies depending on what stage what room I'm in yeah doesn't it vary for you too
1: oh yeah absolutely there's um yeah I mean especially more in LA where it's like you know you want to you want to just view stand-up as having a good time and doing a thing Mm -hmm. you love and everything but you there there are there are stakes in certain rooms and like great and you know any room really you don't know who could be there but there are it took a while but there's rooms i feel comfortable bombing in which is good for experimentation and everything yes but uh yeah there are rooms where i'm like i would uh, i do not have the gumption to try something new or whatever or like Mm. something a little more avant-garde i guess but Mm -hmm. uh Mm -hmm. yeah but i totally yeah it's totally different levels of nerves and uh, excitement i like a pressure set though personally yeah 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 like with steaks
0: (laughs) yeah there's something about that where it really does force it like squeezes something out of you that makes (laughs) something land like that you wouldn't have had if you were in a more comfortable spot like that's happened to me numerous times yeah
1: totally yeah yeah that's not that's nice some people i've found i "I can't eat before i go on stage because like i'll Mm -hmm. get like this and uh let you know a little secret i'm a guy who. uh farts a lot sometimes and uh, I've never farted on stage I've never had to I'll eat, I'll eat like a f- disgusting like che- bacon cheeseburger like t- 10 minutes before I go on stage my body doesn't even recognize it like sometimes like five minutes before but like I'll be like let's take care of this but on stage I've never once my body just becomes like yeah we're not going to be disgusting for uh, for, for this <laughs> this short period of time we're gonna put up we're gonna use everything we got
0: (laughs) it goes into military mode yeah yeah (laughs) that's hilarious uh yeah i do i do see your diet habits uh when we're (laughs) at the club and it is pretty amazing i'm like i can't believe he can just eat all that and and just be okay Mm.
1: it's and I got a physical recently and I had it in like 10 years. And then I was like, that's the dumbest thing. I should be getting doing this all the time. <laughs> um, but I was genuinely shocked. I, every, all my health is just excellent. Well, yeah, because <laughs> you exercise a lot. That's true. I do like uh, activity. Yeah, you work out all the time
0: like when I saw you when we played tennis that one time I was just like I was like this fat fuck like running around I've seen him drink so many beers at the improv like so (laughs) many beers and look at him go it's just amazing
1: yeah yeah I love sports uh it was um me and my friend Cole Alexander climbed a mountain during the pandemic like with ice axes and spikes on our shoes I would never do it again but it was funny as we approached it telling other people on the trail we were gonna climb the mountain because they would look at us with of like just such incredible like disbelief, <laughs> and I—I uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I like to think I might have been because I was even fatter than I like to think I might have been the fattest person to summit that mountain. <laughs> I hope so.
0: <laughs> Which mountain was it? Was it Mount Baldy?
1: No, not Baldy. It was on the. Um, it was in the High Sierras near Thousand Island Lakes. The Jesus. second biggest peak there. We were gonna do the tallest peak, but it was fucking insane, and we would have died. Oh my sure. god!
0: So how long <laughs> yeah. were you hiking?
1: Oh, I mean, we hiked for about four days. We set up, but we had yeah, we set up base camp there, and then it took oh to god. get to go up it and come back down. It probably took us about 13 14 hours.
0: Holy shit!
1: Yeah, real all day type of thing.
0: That's amazing. And the, yeah.
1: yeah, and we took shrooms there, and they did nothing. <laughs> They did nothing. I just, they made me puke and neither of us got high. But it was yeah. still really beautiful. <laughs>
0: yeah, because you're already in an epically beautiful place. It's like you don't need any more beauty. It's, you're just going to flip out. No. Yeah. Your body and mind were protecting you, I'm sure. Yeah. Call. And they're probably also like, you can't, you can't be on this stuff, right? Now. You're gonna die. Like, yeah. It's cold. It, the No, you will literally die.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I Oh man. That's funny. I grew up in Michigan and uh, I never hated snow more than that moment. Wow. I've been around my whole life. I yeah. fucking, oh, I hated snow there. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and you were just in a tent. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and we saw, um. God, on the hike, we saw it was like we're on this really long abandoned stretch. I mean, I'm not normally one for views, but when it's like you can only get there through really hard work, it's it's pretty it's pretty breathtaking. But we're on this really isolated stretch of trail, and we don't see anyone for maybe two miles. We finally we pass a father and son. and Like it looks like twenty feet behind them is uh, is the dog. And then like it starts. Then as it like sees us, it starts to go up the ridge. And then I was like, holy shit, that's an enormous wolf. <laughs> and uh we're like did you see that wolf they're like oh no and we're like, it was 20 feet behind you like i'm pretty sure it was stalking them and was gonna kill them if we would have been like 100 feet behind we would have just like walked we would have just found their dead bodies and maybe a wolf eating them and we saved their life you know no big deal but <laughs> yeah
0: wolves are scary wolves are fucking they don't fuck around they, they will know they, I, kill you
1: yeah. i didn't know they got that big either it was like they're enormous yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Because we just think, like, oh, it's a canine. It's going to be like a dog. It's like, no,
1: no, they are
0: (laughs) massive uh and then like i see like these videos of like people like petting wolves and like letting a wolf lick them inside their mouths i'm like what the fuck are you doing it's insane
1: i mean the fuck grizzly the bears loved grizzly grizzly man until they didn't like those (laughs) people always die
0: (laughs) they always die it's like long it's like a long form of suicide Yeah. yeah it's like it's my dream to cuddle a wild animal and i will do it but i will die so they just commit to it that's what that Gotta,
1: is. Yeah. I respect and fear nature immensely. <laughs> I even feel stupid going camping.
0: <laughs> so you you like L.A. then? L.A. is it suits you?
1: Yeah, I like L.A. I love um, stand up and like, God, you're on such amazing stand up here. And then um, California. Is so like, I really I like the outdoors a lot. And California is so geographically diverse. It's like yeah. you get everything here. I look into the desert, the mountains, the ocean. That's so true. It's rad that's true
0: mm-hmm. we do get some of the most beautiful views out here it is it is really epically beautiful like when i first moved out here i was just like like in awe all the time i was like i can't believe how beautiful mm-hmm. this fucking place is yeah um, i'm going to
1: Ohio at the end of the month that's supposed to be just incredible i haven't been to that northern part of the uh, awesome. yeah
0: good for you what part of town do you live in
1: Uh, right in Hollywood I was I when I moved out here I was in Santa Monica on a couch for six months then in Playa Vista before it fully got developed they overdeveloped it so we I got to live in like a ball and ass place for pretty reasonable rent with like an amazing gym sweet pool just all this stuff Uh but it was always like and I worked in Santa Monica so and then it would I'd have to like I'd be sure. out doing comedy and stuff and like being engaged in the scene yeah. and everything. I'd get home yeah. at like three in the morning yeah. um, in an Uber. I didn't have a car at the time. I, and then, and then, yeah, I just had to go to work. It just felt like I was just traveling like from place to place. So now I'm in Hollywood. I'm like two miles from the improv and the comedy store. I walk to both. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I just really prefer that. I just, I just feel so much more zoned in and focused when I'm like close to where the industry i'm most interested in yeah. Is.
0: yeah yeah for sure that's great uh yeah i think uh location does help a lot because i'm still in the valley i've been in the valley like the whole time i've been yeah. in LA, basically and it's exhausting just like driving around and being far away yeah. from stuff but it's also like well you know i'm in the valley but like it's in terms of like my living and like rent and all of that, it, it, there are, mm-hmm. th- there are benefits in that regard too. And 100%. also, I go to the Liquid Zoo, which is like right across the street from me. So um, nice. there are little perks like that. You know, Valley has a pretty decent comedy scene. I yeah. think it's a little sadder. Damn. It's a little mm-hmm. sad. It, it's it's a bummer sometimes, but yeah was
1: a similar. my life's yeah, my lifestyle was the best. This is the worst my lifestyle has been is really? living in Hollywood. Oh yeah, I lived in much nicer places. Um every yeah. other period of my life. Uh yeah, yeah but um yeah, no, nah, it's just um I mean, you know, and I still I did stand up like all the time when I lived out there. It was just it just got a little tiring and it's been a little more relaxing living here for me. But, That's good. That's good. Oh, yeah. You hustle like crazy. I feel like you're a hard worker. Would you would you agree with that?
0: I would agree with that. But uh, right now, I'm not working any jobs at the moment. And so like, I feel very conflicted. Like I'm hustling Mm -hmm. my ass off, like in terms of comedy and in terms of like writing and things like that. But I'm not and I'm auditioning a lot. But I'm not getting a whole lot done in terms of like income making. And that is starting to I mean, that's always just kind of been this like low running anxiety just humming un- below me. But so, totally, um, I get that. I just have to, I don't know, like keep my anxiety in check and keep my faith in place and wait for my own razor blade commercial to work <laughs> hell
1: yeah i think you can uh, yeah i think we can be i think we can be you can get a uh, gillette which is the bigger company anyway yeah. That. yeah But you know we'll just be running the razor blade game uh yeah yeah at the top yeah. looking down on everyone yeah. just fully hairless
0: <laughs> fully hairless <laughs> and doing it yeah yeah that'd be fun Perfect. okay um i'm gonna ask you some flashcard questions based on sure. a korean drama and you just answer Ooh. like what would you do if you were in this situation and you were this person, okay? Okay, cool. All right. Let's say you're a young woman named Kai Young and you live in a tiny annex attached to a fashion boutique where you work as a seamstress. And it's owned by this designer bitch lady named Joe who took over your mother's boutique when you were very young, right after your parents both died in a car accident. She used to work as your mother's seamstress, but now she owns your mom's shop and she treats you like fucking Cinderella. And you're immensely talented as a designer. So you apply to fashion school in New York and you're waiting for an acceptance letter. But this bitch lady says that no mail came to you, none. And you suspect that she's hiding it. What do you do?
1: I, um, God, I don't know, um, I, I, I know more of what I could get away with in America than in Korea, but, um, let's think, um, God, I feel like I'd attack her. Okay. Physically. <laughs> Physically. Yeah. No, I would, um, um, God, I don't know, does she can, um, does she have no cell phone, I'm guessing? She has a cell phone. She email them email the registrar's office
0: (laughs) yeah you can you can email that's true (laughs) Uh, i think this show came out in like 2000 no no this came out not that long ago they definitely had email and cell phones yeah 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 um
1: i would i might i would try to contact the university and see if um and just say i um haven't received mail i was supposed i was supposed to receive um in this time period I just want to make sure uh there wasn't an error in like where my mail goes and they'd be like we sent it to this address and I'd be like oh that's so strange I never got it and Mm. um and then you know you're then you're getting quite at least closer to the bottom and you can act from there (laughs) okay
0: so yeah okay so just just
1: what did she do
0: um she she just found a computer and checked her email (laughs) 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 like it's just it was just like a very like strange thing it's like why are you waiting for a physical letter like in the year 20 like this is like past year 2010 it's like beyond the time Yeah. yeah yeah okay good yeah just check your fucking email all right good let's say uh you're the same young lady you're kai young again that bitch lady, Joe, she kicked you out of her shop. She's like, fuck off. All right. So you're on the streets. You have no money, no home, no family. But you see a help wanted sign looking for a seamstress at a small sweatshop owned by a young man named Young Girl. So you start working for him and he offers you a tiny cot to sleep in inside the factory. And he also lets you check your email on his computer you got accepted to the fashion school with a full scholarship. So you fly to New York. But when you arrive, they say that you declined the offer. And so the spot went to a waitlisted student who happens to be that bitch, Lady Joe's talentless daughter.
1: Mm. What do you do? Shit. Well, um I I'm overdosing well before that guy invites me to come work at a shop. Uh, I'm just dying on the street from drugs. Um but if i you know if uh, you know I make it to that point, um God, in my head I'm cutting like as her in my mind I'm imagining cutting their heads off. I probably don't actually cut their heads off, but uh that's yeah, you, you really fucking ruined my life here, you bitch. I um uh, oh yeah yeah I don't
0: um
1: yeah you know I would uh, yeah I'm guessing if she has no money and you can't really get it yeah you can't really with legal defense or anything like that damn I would uh I mean I would try to appeal to the school and then I would uh god yeah yeah I might stab her <laughs> mom am I my guy might go kill her <laughs> okay so murder murder is the yeah final. i mean although is my job is my am i doing well at my job at my new job
0: well that job was in korea now you're in new york city
1: and now uh... i'm in new york city and i have no money and i'm just fucked so i can't even go back and kill her <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm i'm overdosing on drugs on the street still <laughs> just in a different location same result <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay 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 all right Let's say uh, you're that young man now. You're that CEO of that little factory place, young guy. Okay. You Mm -hmm. owe a massive amount of debt to some very violent loan sharks. They're all gangsters and thugs. On top of that, you've been sleeping with some girl who turns out to be the loan shark boss's girlfriend. And now he's threatening to cut your dick off. What do you do?
1: Um... God damn it. Sounds like I rock. I think I might be able to take I think I might be able to take these guys out if I'm that cool. Uh <laughs> um God. Uh you know. I feel like, you know, if you're living a life like that, you know, you're walking the line you, you kind of know you're uh walking the line and it could be over at any moment. Uh I think I I would just uh fucking I, I think i would just keep living life on a high wire. it seems like it's been pretty fucking fun so far <laughs> <laughs> it's like i can stop now but i'm still i still. i already have a, mob, a loan shark by owe money mad at me for you know i'm probably fucked so let's just let's just let's just keep rolling the dice dude and like just i, I maybe would try to try some uh blow them up plot i would, I would try homemade explosives yeah. uh, to yeah. take out the mob and uh um, and then uh, I would tell I would tell his girlfriend that I was gonna take her with me and I, I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would leave her. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, truly, truly a reckless young man. Okay, good. Yes, good. All right. Let's say you're back to the young lady again. you're Kai Young again, okay? Okay. A really rich guy named Che Hyok who owns a massive fashion line, helps you get into your fashion school again. And your former boss, that young man, younger, shows up at your school, stinking like a homeless man, dressed like shit. He has nowhere to go, and he asks if he can stay with you. What do you do?
1: I would feed and house him, absolutely. Really? That's yeah. He did the same for me in the same situation.
0: Mm. That's very sweet of you. Okay. All right. So, okay, you're, you're reckless, but you are very uh, generous as well. You're fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's I have cool. a
1: complex man. <laughs> but also, that, that, that was me as a girl. <laughs> That's true. Okay. All right. All
0: right. Let's say you're now a different woman. Your name is Anna. You're the rich guy, Che Hyuk's ex girlfriend. All right, and and you're a fashion designer. You guys broke up a while ago because Chehuk's parents hated you, okay? But now he is back in your life, and he offers you a job at his office to create your own label. What do you do?
1: Do you, you said I'm rich in this in this scenario?
0: You're not rich. You're just a okay, working sorry. woman. Your ex boyfriend. Yeah. He's the one with the you- money.
1: Yeah. okay and um and we broke up because my parents didn't like him because his parents uh, hated you yeah, yeah yeah his parents hated me and he's offering me a job yeah doing- oh fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> I, I would like name my, my old line like fuck your parents too <laughs> <laughs> suck my dick mom and dad
0: <laughs> okay great great yeah i love it okay Let's say you're the same woman. You're still Anna again. Okay. The label you created through your ex-boyfriend Chehyuk's money, it was an epic failure. You lost, <laughs> you lost your boyfriend's company five million dollars. Okay. Yeah. Meanwhile, your boyfriend Che Heuk keeps showing attention to that poor girl, Kai young What do you do?
1: I probably get jealous. Um then. <laughs> and- <laughs> Yeah, I'd feel real low on myself (laughs) and like a failure. (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, God, I don't know. I feel like at that point, you're so down and uh, beaten and you're just like, now, like you failed in your dream. Like you had the, you were given the opportunity to accomplish your dream and you fell short in an objective fashion. And now uh, the man who I you love you you might lose that too when you're already low I mean mm. yeah I could I could see uh doing something pretty ugly or just uh taking drugs and dying on the street <laughs>
0: <laughs> if uh, so. if not if if there ever comes a point and this will never come but if there ever comes a point where uh things don't work out for you i think i know what direction you're gonna take writing <laughs>
1: korean dramas
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay 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 all right let's say uh, you're Kai young again okay you're the young woman the poor one okay you're in love with your former boss young girl okay but young girl mm-hmm. is a money hungry son of a bitch and he decides to partner up his company with that bitch lady joe who used to treat you like garbage, he decides Mm. to join his partnership with her against your wishes. And you threaten to quit, but he still insists on working with that woman. And this is a woman who stole your mother's shop from you, then left you on the streets. What do you do?
1: Goddamn, that is pretty personal. I do (laughs) think business is business and there's no room for ego. But uh, but that is, uh, she really doesn't, nasty shit uh who's um is she my boss now in this situation she is not your boss okay no. um god i think i would um uh... so and um but i'm really in love with this guy right you are
0: you are yeah and you guys work together you guys work pretty well together
1: yeah and there's no thought of romance between those two
0: you like him a lot, but he no, doesn't.
1: No, no. Oh, he doesn't love me back, or we're not he together. does. He's
0: not. He's not reciprocating like any uh, intense affection for you. No, that woman is not. There's. There's no love between okay. that woman and him. No.
1: Okay, and there's and there's no love. There's no love from him to me at yeah, all. Right? Correct. There's no correct. Oh, um. I think I would just. I think I would keep working because it's uh, a great job and my dream job, and I overcame a lot. But I, I would lose any affection for him at uh. that point. Yeah, that's just. I. That's, but I mean, it seems like she maybe should have a while ago. So that doesn't. I don't know <sighs> if that's as true to the character. But I mean, that really seems like a, a massive disrespect to. Yeah. Uh, to not listen to you on something like that with someone who, so sincerely, fucked you over.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, it's true. Okay. Last question. Let's say you're Anna, okay? Your ex-boyfriend is now fully in love with that ka chick, mm. all right? But Ka-young loves Young-geul. young used to like you, but recently he went on a business trip and he shared the same hotel as ka And there are rumors that the two of them spent the night together there and now they're constantly together they're inseparable what do you do
1: um goddamn uh <laughs> how old am i do you, do you know about late 20s see oh, me cuz that's like yeah you got time uh start <laughs> fresh yeah, um it's true um i um uh, What I try to, I I would, um, so, oh yeah, I would go to the the man I'm in love with who I I would, I would go and tell him that Kai Young doesn't love him and she loves this rich guy and they've been in the room together and I would try to fuck that up so I could be with him.
0: Oh, so make shit up.
1: Yeah. And you're just telling him the truth, but it's obviously, you know, it's still a malicious thing like intended for your benefit but uh Hmm. yeah i mean am i the daughter of the woman who (laughs) fucked over cayenne no 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 no. Uh -uh. so okay yeah then i would try to fuck her over
0: yeah and get her yeah all right just do some backstabbing bitch shit okay Mm -hmm. that's great you'd make a perfect woman thank you (laughs) (laughs) okay that wraps it up thank you zach thank you this was so fun